You're listening to the Multiverse Fancast, proud member of the Misfit Faction Media Network. All right, then. On with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Multiverse Fancast. If you're listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and basically anywhere you listen to podcasts, including our website, themisfitfaction.com. There you can also find links to all of our podcasts, not just the Multiverse Fancast, but Cinematic Adventures and our brand new show, MF Uncensored. And if you're looking for uh, some more literary uh, treats, you can find Rob's reviews under the Misfit Corner. Uh, He's done reviews on every Disney Plus show that's come out this entire year, which, you know... You know, whatever. It's Disney Plus shows. They're okay, I guess. But I am really excited to be with you guys because this is our first episode of the new year. As always, I'm Paul. With me via Zoom, because we are a safe network here nowadays, is Rob. Rob, how are you today? All right. How are you doing, Paul? And I, I can't help but notice that with every new show, you're get more animated and more there's more character to your voice when you open the show so good for you thanks man <laughs> thanks you know it's we each have something we're really good at like when it comes to like episode structure i kind of lean on you because you're you're much better at you know you're a teacher and you're good at oh, creating well, you. creating lesson plans ronnie's good at keeping us on track and then i'm mm. really good at unbridled enthusiasm and all the useless nerd facts you can possibly possibly imagine there is it is my blessing and my curse sometimes that i just have unfathomable amounts of useless information just stored in my head you're a plethora of trivia a plethora i don't even know what that word means just kidding i went to school but we are super excited to do this episode this is an episode that uh we i think during our big hiatus for the show is when this show when this show came out and uh Mm. we never got to do a season one recap and season two just dropped and we both just finished it we are talking the witcher on netflix so really excited to talk about this show because i will be honest i did not watch game of thrones because game of thrones is the easy comparison Oh, yeah. Did you watch uh, Game oh, of Thrones? I, I, yeah. Oh, I watched all, unfortunately, all eight seasons. <laughs> yeah, that that's the general consensus. It's really hard because producer Melanie was big into Game of Thrones, and mm. she was finishing it as, like, her and I, we moved in together, and we got engaged, right. and all I heard about was how bad season, what is it, eight? Eight's uh, the last eight. one? Yeah, eight's the worst one. Everybody just talking about how bad season eight was. And I'm watching it, and I'm watching her just not like it. So I'm like, why am I going to oh, start yeah. this show if, if everybody it's hates so it? Disappointing. But uh, same thing, uh, Walking Dead's another one where I tried to get into it. I think I did three seasons, four seasons. I think, yeah, that's about – I think I got in about four seasons until I tapped out. I, I was a big fan of the comics, so I read up to – I like. I think I read up to 100 in the comics, which was way further than where I got in the TV show. And yeah, at some point I just tapped out from that because it just got too repetitive. It got too repetitive, and that's also the problem with binge watching. It's one thing where you watch a show with a week hiatus in between because your brain kind of resets. But watching The Walking Dead, especially season like whatever season they're on the farm, that was forever it felt like that they were on this farm and just – rough and the reason we bring this up is the reason we bring this up is because netflix is still very famous for their binge watching material Uh, a lot of disney plus hbo max all their stuff is week to week which is good for us as a podcast network because it gives us time to digest and time to uh, let people watch the the product but for netflix they still drop everything all at once what what do you what do you prefer do you prefer having all eight episodes in one sitting or at least one 
availability. As frustrating as it is, I think I get a better experience week to week just because it gives me time to think about the episode. It gives me time to appreciate it and enjoy it and, and also to talk about it with other people, too. Of Like, you know, what do you think is going to happen? What are your theories? What are your ideas? Where is it going? Whereas, you know, it is nice. It does get rid of that whole anticipation aspect when they dump it all at once. But, the, you know, there are some benefits to that. But I, th I think I do prefer one week at a time, even though it's frustrating. I think also we're, we here at the Multiverse Fancast and the Misfit Faction are very famous for seeing something and then immediately recording it and hitting it with our freshest thoughts. And mm. sometimes we are so excited that we are not as objective. And that's fine. It's our show. Deal with it. Oh, that's true. We love you all. <laughs> but, you know, Spider-Man's a great example. Uh, Sean from Cinematic Adventures and I were just doing an episode of all the movie. We did an entire episode on the movies that came out in 2021, which was a lot of fun. Jeez. <laughs> well, just like some of the ones that we saw, what our favorites were, the movie-going wow. experience of, of COVID. And oh, that's neat. We were talking about, we got Spider-Man, and he's like, you know... I think I'm gonna. I think I might knock a few points off of it now that I've I've had a few weeks, and we're like, oh, what? You can't do I that. Understand that actually. Yeah, I mean, look at uh, when we did our episode on the original Joss Whedon Justice League. We were very nice to it. Oh like, yes. Dangerously nice, and then it's funny because you know the Snyder Cut comes out, and everybody else on my podcast now we're like, yeah, it's okay, and I was like, it's mm. wonderful. <laughs> well, you know, and even like the same thing with, with Spider-Man, you know, Andrew Garfield, we were just talking, Rob and I off air, that there's been this big resurgence of popularity for Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man because of, oh, by the way, spoilers, mm. uh, sorry, for uh, Spider-Man No it's, Way Home. It's a new year. I think you're allowed to do that. <laughs> I think everybody also knows. I've, I've seen pictures online already, like of yeah. all, all the Spider-Men. Oh, yeah. But there's been this big push for him to get a new movie, and everybody's like, he was so good. I was like... And the joke is, I've been saying how good he is for years and how The Amazing Spider-Man oh, yeah. is. If you don't believe me, check out our Spider-Man retro episodes. I did just repost all of them right before Spider-Man came out. I saw that. But, you know, it's funny because, like, sometimes you need some time and to create a better appreciation of what you're talking about. So for us, though, the problem with The Witcher, and this is the last thing we'll do before we talk news, is... There is a very big hiatus between the seasons. Yeah. The first season two, two, came over out. Over two years. Just, just about two years on the really? first wow. season came out December 20th, 2019. The okay. second season came out December 17th, 2021. So just, just shy of two years exactly. And we're going to talk about how, you know, obviously a lot of it was due to COVID and due to just industry shutting down basically. And we'll, we'll discuss it. But first, let's jump into some news, and we're going to pass it over to Rob for the news. Okay. Well, being the end of 2021, everybody's got their top 10 lists that are coming out now, or top 20 or top 25 lists of the year and everything. And a lot of them are for television shows. And I am happy to report that many, many of our best critics are citing a lot of the Disney Plus shows and their top 10s and top whatevers. Uh, WandaVision has been consistently near the top, but Hawkeye has also been fighting its way up there too. One thing that a lot of the top 10 people are agreeing upon is that, the and feel free to disagree, that the Falcon and the Winter Soldier show was not a good show. A lot of the top critics have been saying that, so it hasn't been making it in there. However, um, Loki and WandaVision and Help, Hawkeye, have Hawkeye, been all making it into the top. So it's, it is nice to see that a lot of these shows are getting a lot of critical attention to. And with the Emmys coming around, a lot of these people are up. I know Paul Bettany 
and uh, Elizabeth Olsen are both up for Emmys. I don't think they'll win, but it's just nice that, you know, I mean, you know, think back to, you know, before pre-2008 when superhero anything wouldn't get any love at all. And then it was The Dark Knight that got nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards that year. And Heath Ledger getting it. And Heath Ledger actually getting the posthumous award. So that's fantastic. So it's just nice to see a lot of this uh, love going around. It's funny, too, because we, again, I keep, referring to cinematic adventures but we just did this episode so it's fresh we talk about how a lot of directors don't like superhero that they talk very poorly of the superhero movie mm-hmm. and the superhero genre but scorsese is famous for it <laughs> the last duel just came out i forget who who did the last duel but he is that tony is that scott ridley scott yes That's thank you he literally said that it was millennials fault that the movie didn't do well like he, he specifically said that it's millennials and their cell phones. I'm not even joking. Like get your cane in your walker and go back inside the old man. All right. But people, I think it, we're just starting to realize how incredible the comic book genre really is. And it's not just comic book movies. It's sci-fi in general and fantasy in general. Unfortunately, like especially the Academy Awards, it's a very outdated concept. And they want the very, the very realistic, the very, you know, like – you know, some of these movies are fantastically acted and fantastically done. Uh, yeah. And it's a shame that it's it's only now that we're really starting to get some of the love yeah. for these films. But uh, any other news? Two more. And those are in the trailer news. We got, speaking of the Batman, we got a trailer for the Batman, which is excellent news. It and, was uh, fantastic. I know. I the, know. Yeah, I, I, I hate to be putting the hype on this movie because... You know, we've we know what happens when you put the hype on the movie. Uh, Agreed, but I have to say, even I'm really excited about it. And and you know me as the Marvel shill that I am. But it looks it looks fun. It looks gritty. It looks sort of like David Fincher's Seven a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, with that serial killer aspect, with leaving clues. It it, it also looks fantastically acted, mm-hmm. which is something that I think I I think that's been a complaint of mine. I, I don't. Every, like I'm not saying that a lot of the DC is badly acted, but it's just not like, you know, I think, you know, Joaquin's Phoenix, as much as I hate the Joker, you have to admit it's an amazing performance. Mm. Um, and I think we haven't seen a lot of those like really great performances, you know, like Heath Ledger-ish kind of things. And it, Paul Dano looks like he's really going to put in some amazing work. So. And Pattinson too. I'm, I'm, and Pattinson too. I, I'm a Pattinson fan. I, I think he's an amazing actor. I love The Lighthouse. I love a good time with him. He he does some great work. Yeah, it, it's uh, so, a shame yeah, that he's, he's still so like typecasted in his. I know in his Twilight days. But like you look at any actor or actress, they all have some like big. Twilight unfortunately was just such a phenomenon that mm. it, it and good for him. Like he's one of the few of those actors. Like him and Kristen Stewart have gotten out of. Their Twilight yeah, roles. It's, it's funny. And, and it's funny, too, because both of them have big things. You know, she just did the movie. I think it's called Spencer, where she plays Princess Diana, and mm-hmm. she's getting rave reviews for it, too. Yeah, they, they uh, all so have. So it's, it's nice to see both of them breaking out. They all have. Unfortunately, then you get, like, uh, who played uh, Jacob Taylor Lautner. He tried. Cool. With like, but he. <laughs> so Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson went the indie route. They went for, like, those smaller indie films, Smart. better acting, get a chance to kind of flaunt. Taylor Lautner, Hollywood tried to make into a, an action star, which yeah. I get like that. You know, he was known for being the ripped guy in Twilight and just a lot. But like you also have Remy Malek's in a Twilight movie. Like 
you can't is he really yeah he's like the last one i think but like you have all these really bad actors again they've all done movies that they may not may not be their best everyone slums it once in a while and i would rather (laughs) slum it for you know 20 million dollars i know like oh no i gotta do twilight they're gonna pay me this much i guess and the final bit of news, it's a new week, which means it's a new Peacemaker trailer. We seem to be getting one quite often now, which I have to say kind of concerns me. When there is a studio that consistently puts out new trailers as often and new commercials, that usually is an indication of a lack of either understanding or a lack of faith in their product. And, and so I... that worries me a little bit. I think it's a combination of a lot of different things. I, I, the problem is Suicide Squad was so good, but it didn't it didn't blow up the box office. Well. It did it didn't change people's opinion about DC in general because then it turned yeah. into well at least they made one good one. Like that's the conversation. It's not and unfortunately yeah. I also think that the Snyder Cut really overshadowed most of DC because apparently according mm-hmm. to, to Twitter polls it was the most talked about or most discussed movie online the entire year, which is crazy in itself. Sad. <laughs> easy god you guys are all mean so mean so sorry that it's one of the most successful movies of all time but having said that like unfortunately you know they're, they're also worried i think about competing with disney plus and competing with their shows yeah. i mean i don't know I, i'm gonna watch it i'm excited to watch it i'll watch it and i'll probably write about it too so yeah we'll see i mean it's not marvel so i don't know if i can do i do this I'll review in crayon <laughs> I'll cut out letters from magazines. That'll be my uh, review. I love it. Now you got to do it like uh, in the Batman trailer. Every time he writes something, it looks like a child wrote it. I love it. But uh, any other news or is that going to wrap us up? That wraps up the news for me, unless you have something I might have missed. No, I think that's it. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to jump into season, mostly season two, but a little bit of season one of The Witcher. But first, a quick break. Today's episode is brought to you by Ray's Energy Drinks from Rep Sports. Whether you're trying to crush your afternoon workout or just need a little extra pick-me-up, Ray's Energy is just the boost that you're going to need. So if you go to repsports.com and any product that you order, enter the code MISFIT89 at checkout to receive 15% off. Anything that you guys buy from that store helps our network grow, and we fully, fully appreciate everything you guys do. That's MISFIT89 at checkout, repsports.com. All right, we are back, and I am so excited not only to talk about the show, but also to hopefully get the song Toss a Coin to Your Witcher stuck in your head (laughs) for the rest of the day. Now, before we get started, right? So this was right at the tail end of the Game of Thrones hype. I want to say that season one came out, Game of Thrones ended. Do you remember what year ended Game of Thrones? I do not, but it was close. Like this was sort of known. This was sort of the, they handed the torch a little bit to this one. Like all the Game of Thrones fans went over to The Witcher after it was done. And and we were so, we like as a Game of Thrones fan, we season eight of Game of Thrones, we got into it so hyped, so excited. We're like, yes, this is going to be the big moment. And every episode was like, okay, when is it going to kick in? And by about the fifth episode, because it was a short season too, I believe it was only eight episodes, and which we were already annoyed about. And by the time season five, episode five came, we were like, oh no, this is not going to go well. Because they just kept wrapping things up so suddenly and quickly and just jumping into things. And we're like, this is not going to go well. And it did. It, it was just a disaster. And and it actually sullied 
like the other seven seasons. I really hate in this household. We both hate Game of Thrones now because of season really? eight. And so we were looking for something great. And The Witcher, you know, people recommended The Witcher to us. I and, think I was um, one of the people that recommended it to you. Probably. I know there was a couple of people at kickboxing. It was like Jackie and her husband, not our, not Ronnie's no. Jackie, but a uh, different Jackie introduced us to The Witcher and said that we would love it. And uh, yeah, we were we were hesitant because we'd been so burned badly by Game of Thrones, but it was a, a nice salve that went over us and, and cured us of our ills. Yeah. So for me, I was familiar with the games. The video games were, were very popular. Uh, the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt is considered one of the best video games of all time. For me, it was very much like Assassin's Creed, kind of that vein with the, you know, the t- you're going back in time, basically, and you're dealing with like the medieval stuff. So I started playing The Witcher season or uh, The Witcher wild hunt and it was it was a lot especially for like just learning to play the game and i fell off of it but they mentioned that they announced that the show was coming out and i was like you know what let's give the we'll give the show a try especially because i'm a very big henry cavill fan henry cavill is the king of the nerds at this point he'll do oh yeah he like he does Geralt. he you know he was superman he he's just one of those actors that embraced being just nerdy and he also just suggested doing a Red Red Dead Redemption he said 2, he I would, think it was. He said he would love to be in a Red Dead Redemption movie, which is another game that I, I've never really played, but I know no, is, is, is well-regarded. Uh, Warhammer, they were talking about a Warhammer movie, and he's like, <laughs> I'd do it. And unfortunately, he's a lot like Andrew Garfield in terms of he is a great Superman in terrible movies. I'll say it. Oh, I'll, yeah. I will admit it. Like... Justice League and and Batman vs Superman and Man of Steel to a lesser degree, but still, like they are not the best interpretations of the character. I would also argue that he is better than any material that he's in. Yes, he raises the bar on a lot of things. Like I'm trying to think of other things that he's done, and I'm thinking of what was that spy movie that The he Man did? from Uncle. Yeah, which it w- it was a pretty good movie, but he was fantastic in it, and that's why um, a lot of people ra- want him as Bond. Yeah, he raised the bar in the Mission Impossible movies. He was in, oh, what was that show? The Tudors. He did. I don't know if you watched The Tudors or oh, not. Oh, vaguely. Uh, I, we, we binged it here because my wife loves trashy historical England series. And so we watched The Tudors and he was in it and he, he, he elevated the material. He is always better than anything he is in because he just he tries so hard. He's earnest and, and he's, he's very natural in everything that he does. Yeah. And just uh, now he's just really embraced what he does. And he's like, I'm a nerd. Like uh, there was a video of him building a computer that went viral. And I was like, if I had arms like him, I would build a computer in a tank top also and just reap the rewards from it. So he's, he's just a lot of fun. He brings a lot of the first thing I ever saw him in is uh, the Count of Monte Cristo, which oh, yeah. ironically is also one of my favorite books of all time. You know, the, You've read the Count of Monte Cristo. I have read the Count of Monte Cristo. I, I'm impressed. I'm not. I'm not impressed because it's you. I'm impressed because that's a huge book. It is. I, I read it when I was and younger, I, and just even I've been intimidated to read that one. <laughs> I've never been intimidated by a book. I read Macbeth in fifth grade on my own. Wow. Yeah. Oof. Did I understand all of it? Not so much, <laughs> yeah. but I did it. And I'm one of those people I can speed read and retain. Melanie hates it. That's she good. hates that I can do it. I finished. I'm I a can, slow reader. I can. I did read each Harry Potter book in a day apiece. I can sit down and literally just read for. Or I used to be able to. Not so much anymore. Now that I'm a responsible adult, but um, 
that I used to be able to, I used to be very good at it and just, you know, and we all know as you get older, things, everything just kind of starts to slow down a little. Oh yeah. And, and fall towards the earth. <laughs> yeah. So for me, like having Henry Cavill in anything, I will go see Henry Cavill in something. If a movie's coming out and it's a Henry Cavill yeah. movie, there's a fair chance. I'm, yeah. I like Henry Cavill. He's an actor I support. He's an actor I can get behind. So I'll go see a Henry Cavill movie. But, he just um, seems like a person I would hang out with too. Oh my God. I would love to get a beer with Henry Cavill. Yeah. Easily. Like him and Jason Momoa. I think that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> Oof, I don't know about that one for me. <laughs> well, there, there was that picture. I think it's from the Justice League premiere that went viral of Henry Cavill standing there and he's like, look at all handsome for the photos. Yeah. And, and Jason Momoa is like sneaking up behind him. So like there's a bunch <laughs> of memes that, you know, it's like 2019 and then it's like 2020 sneaking oh, up geez. on you. Like like funny things like that. But I feel like they'd be a lot of fun to hang out with. And I'd love to pick Henry Cavill's. He has a dog named Cal after Superman. And he brings that dog with him on interviews. Aww. And it's like uh, one of those Mastiff dogs. So it's like a big. Oh, wow. Apparently he got it for anxiety. Like a, almost like a service animal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, what, like what a guy. Like just, hey, this is what I like. This is who I am. Cool. You know what? I, and I want to lump him in. And, and then we'll come back to The Witcher. I want to lump him into that same category of Keanu Reeves, mm-hmm. where he's someone who is just a nice person who has their own issues. You know, I know like Keanu Reeves has a lot of anxiety issues and a lot of like touch issues, but he's just a nice person about it. He's open and honest about it. And he's kind of geeky too. Like they just, they, they seem like that Hollywood, like the, the type of person in Hollywood that is actually accessible. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's nice to see people like that succeed. I think the only thing like, and you never hear bad things about him. I think the worst thing you've heard about Henry Cavill, he has dated some women of questionable age differences. Like, you know, if I looked like Henry Cavill, I would, oh, oh, questionable age. Oh, I didn't hear that part. Age differences. So like, I think he was dating somebody who was like 19 or 20 and he's, you know, he's, I want to say Henry Cavill is, he's 38. He's not that much older than I am. Wow. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised. I, I can't condone that, but I will condone the idea that if you look like Henry Cavill, you can date questionably. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And especially like he shot to stardom, like in all yeah. honesty. So for those of you guys who don't know, I the I, they announced that he was going to be a man. Of like I had seen him in the Count of Monte Cristo and he's young. He's you know, he's he plays Albert. He's in it, but he's not really like the biggest star in it by any stretch of the imagination. But I remember when they announced that he was going to be a Superman, we went to go see his movie Immortals, where he plays Theseus, and he is yes. shredded in that movie. And that was like a big oh, yeah. thing. It's like, this is going to be your next Superman. And he's like, cut. But it wasn't until Man of Steel that suddenly he is everywhere. Like, he, he exploded. Yeah. You know, you got him. Because even in the Tudors, he was kind of a background character. Yeah, because after Man of Steel, the man from Uncle came out two years following, Batman yep. vs. Superman, Justice League, Mission Impossible, mm-hmm. and Nola Holmes. I forgot he was in that. He plays Sherlock. I didn't even know he was in that. Yeah, he plays Sherlock. I have to watch that now. And then Zack Snyder's Justice League. But like as far as movies go, that's really it. Like those are his biggest movies. Yeah. yeah. But he just he's you know, he does a lot of modeling work and spokesman work and stuff like that. And I again, if I looked like Henry Cavill, I think mm-hmm. I would too. But so going back to The Witcher, he is fantastic as Geralt. Oh, he's perfect. Like he he can convey every amount of an of emotion you need into a character that doesn't convey a whole lot of emotion. <laughs> no. Like when he drops his, his hmms, like he's still, mm. you still know what he's thinking and you know where his head's at. And I think that the episode that's, that really sold me on this show was, was it the very first episode where they show the, the butcher 
where he butchers the entire yeah it's the very first episode i think so where yeah. he tears through renfrey's men yeah. And it is one of the best sword fights and best sword choreographies in a show that I've ever seen. Any thoughts on? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I guess we're, first of all, I guess we'll say full spoilers on season one. And two. And pretty soon spoilers. Oh, you want to just say it too? Yeah. Right. Spoiler two. Yeah, it's been out. It's been out uh, three weeks, I think now. Mm-hmm. Full spoilers on that. Season one. Well, first of all, him as the Witcher is brilliant casting he embodies it so well and i i will say you 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 know a lot more about the witcher than i do i am i went in kind of cold on this and i didn't even know it was a book series i thought it was just a video game series and so that's why i was really hesitant because i'm like you know video game series how good is this going to be and i was just coming off of i think i had just seen assassin's creed with michael fassbender oh too soon just awful which is my such god a shame. that is a terrible movie and it's such a shame because it looks so cool and everything about it looks amazing but it's just so bogged down with like lore and and stupidity well the, the problem uh, with and, assassin's creed and this is a little off topic but the problem is they try to do an original story in a oh okay it'd be like if for this instead of focusing on Geralt they focused on another witcher and Geralt was mm. you know not even mentioned. Okay. Yeah, that, that's what yeah, I, I, I did not enjoy Assassin's Creed. And so that's why I was so hesitant to get into this. But I will say season one and, and him as, as Geralt are just fantastic. He is just a brute. And he, he just, any scene he's in, all your eyes go right immediately to him, which is, is incredible considering, you know, some of the other talented people that are involved in all this too, you know, like, like the girl who plays Yennefer is, is I think an amazing actress, but to see Geralt, you know, we, we do, we joke about that with his, and, and his, you know, just throwing out the F word all the time. It's, it's so, it, it sums up so much in terms of his character that, he can i think you said it well you you can produce so much emotion in such little movement and words few words so now having said that and we'll talk i guess we'll talk season one and season two of each character just because that's where we're at i did not like him in season two as much they well he wasn't in it very much (laughs) and that's a whole other issue season two definitely suffered from from covid and from filming restrictions and whatever else because a, the, the fight scenes are few and far between. Like, there are not a whole lot of fight scenes. There's also, and, and this is more of a joke, but the, season one, Yaskir and Geralt walk into an orgy hosted by Yennefer. They didn't care. Season two, there is oh, not yeah. a whole lot of physical intimacy with characters. The fight scenes are very few and far between. It's a lot more of the CGI monsters. So for me, yeah. like season two, you could feel that effect. It really, it, and it just didn't sit well with me. They yeah. they also made Geralt, he's much softer in season two, which is fine. That's a character progression, but. Okay, so I will say this, and, and I'll put this out there right away. I did not care much for season two. Mm-hmm. However, I would not, I will still recommend it. Yeah. Because I think it was probably a lot of necessary character arcs and character growth and background that was needed to carry on in season three wherever that goes because you 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 had mentioned the hunt the wild um, hunt yeah the wild hunt and my wife is a big fan of the witcher too she didn't know much about it but she has read a lot online and she she knows a lot more background and i tried tried so hard to get her on the show but she doesn't like 
to talk to people. And I'm like, you won't, you'll be just talking to a microphone. She's like, no, no, no. I'll just tell you what to say. So she said that the wild hunt is like a great storyline and there's a lot of action and a lot to it. So I think a lot of season two is groundwork for great things that are coming in season three. So although I didn't like season two, I wouldn't give it a thumbs down. I would still give it a recommendation. Yeah. The Um, the problem with, with the, what's happening is they want to make the wild hunt kind of like the Thanos of this universe where they're building to it and building to it. We got, we got some looks at it this season, but, and obviously the Witcher three is called the wild hunts. Like that's what it's about. Is it? Yeah. It's called the Witcher, Witcher three wild hunt. So I, I get like what people are thinking, like where they want to go with it. But we, we've talked more than more than once, especially about the uh, the MCU, what happens when you focus too much on your buildup. And I, mm-hmm. I will say that there are things in season two that I like much better. I like how it's a linear story. I like See, I did not. Oh, you, you prefer the nonlinear. No, I actually liked that. I had I didn't always understand season one. That was what was going on. But at least it made me think, Mm -hmm. whereas I felt like season two got dumbed down a little bit in terms of its understanding. They did make fun of it uh, with the guard talking to Yaskier because we'll talk about Yaskier in a second. But basically, he's been telling everyone the stories of him and Geralt's adventures and getting famous for it. And they, there's a scene where the guard tries to stop him and starts talking to him about his music, and he he brings up the the time trap, like the the time displaced storylines and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah, it, it's very funny. But yeah, he uh, says something along the lines of like he's like you know that one song you had, there were too many timelines and you couldn't keep track of what was going. on. That was on. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was it. And we'll talk about Yaskier in a minute because fun fact, a producer Melanie hates Yaskier. <laughs> hates him with a flaming passion it is oh, rough. that's funny so what i did was in my most mature level of uh maturity i put a ton of songs that he sings on my spotify playlist and when we were driving down to dc for <laughs> for the christmas vacation oh we tossed a coin to the witcher a few times oh well, she must have been so annoyed it, it's funny because La- my wife was lauren was completely annoyed with him in season one, but at least he provided comic relief. Mm-hmm. And she said this to me. She says, I didn't realize how much I missed him until he came back in season two. Yes. And then it was like, oh, thank God he's back. Now there's some comedy and, and, and a little bit of lightheartedness. Yeah. Speaking of no lightheartedness in comedy, though, we got Freya Allen as Siri. And she's basically the focal <laughs> point of season one. And that's not a dig at, at the actress or the character. It's just that poor kid. Like who is not a kid, we should say she is. And that's part of the problem. I I will say, I think she's my biggest issue mm -hmm. with the show is because she is actually she was born in 2001 in September, which means she's 20 Mm -hmm. and watching. Okay, it worked fine in season one with her because, well, first of all, they tried to put out there that she's 12 in season one, which I was not buying that. No. (laughs) And then, unfortunately, um, you, you have a two-year difference. <laughs> and, you know, people age in two years. Like, even, you know, going from 19 to 20 or 18 to 20, whatever she is now. Yeah. Like, th- those those changes are noticeable. And I think that's also something that yeah. this show... That, season two felt really rushed in a lot of regards. And it got to the end, and I was like, I feel like we were missing an episode or two. I feel like they, mm. they were so... Oh, you sounded just like Carol just now. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I feel like there was an episode or two missing in season two, and just they, they were so busy trying to do their eight episodes at a, at, at an hour, hour and a half per yeah. per episode. 
I feel like they could have added somewhere in there. Well, and part of my issue with her is that because in season two, I think she's supposed to be about 14. Mm. And the there's people who are in their 30s, 40s and older who are making sexual comments and hitting on her. And I, I turned to Lauren at one point and I'm like, I'm really uncomfortable with this. The, the, the pedophilic vibes that were coming out of my television screen. Well, were even, just, even just like the simple stuff where it was well. like, we're going to, they're just going to marry you off to this person. Like, yeah. un- unfortunately it is, it is a product of that medieval time. And unfortunately it is a very true and dark part of human history that that was the commonplace, you know, 14 right. year olds were, were married off and expected to have kids and, like okay yeah now you said medieval is that's a problem i'm having with this show also is this a medieval show i consider it a medieval fantasy and that's like the genre of it because like fantasy fantasy works in a lot of different genres and then it has its own subgenres. i i consider this a medieval fantasy show okay at least that you know anything that involves castles and swords and magic and stuff like that very king arthur type show for me game like, of thrones I, in thing. my own in my own brain i couldn't figure out if this was something is this existing in a world that happened 600 years ago or is this in a totally different realm in the future like i, I couldn't quite place I, I would it. say it's an alternate it's like game of thrones it's an alternate medieval history okay all right or it could um, be yaskier just telling us stories yeah. <laughs> best best narrator ever. So going down the, the cast list, we have Amon Farron as Kahir and kind of the antagonist turned semi-protagonist and just just the worst person with the weirdest face and hair. Are you looking him up? Okay. You know- yeah, yeah, because I here's the problem I have with this show is I know about two of their names and that's yeah. about it. And then it's just like the bard. Um, the bad guy who's in charge of the all the witchers. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm not good with names. Yeah. Um, and this so show which is one terrible. Is he? He's the one with the longer hair who they torture at the beginning of season two, and then him and Yennefer team up for a little bit, and then oh, the one who who has like the morphing kind of features. No, not the um, morphing guy. He's the one that when he tries to capture Siri in the first season, when she screams. No, isn't he the one that was supposed? Yeah, the one that pretended he was Mouse Sack. I don't. I don't think he can change the way he looks. Again, this is like it's hard <laughs> watching season one and or not watching season one and having such a I don't know. I'm gonna have to look this up. But he it, okay. he plays. But yeah, here. okay. I know who he is now. Yes. Yeah, you're good. Okay. He he was fine. He's a great antagonist. You never really he's on his side for the most part, but he's also like super loyal to the black. What is it? The white flame? Is that the bad guy? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, the white. What a terrible name. I do, the white flame that sounds like something out of the south oh god i don't want to <laughs> even get into that but uh, he i do enjoy him though as a bad guy and again he serves his own purpose and he knows exactly like, yeah well I, and i would even argue about him being the bad guy because there are so many times where he does good things mm-hmm. too i mean he does save um, yennefer he, yeah, and and yennefer saves him too so he he's i like him because he has he, okay if nothing else for season two, everyone had very cool character arcs. You know mm-hmm. me, I'm, I'm big on my character arcs. And it was neat to see growth in every single character that they ended up at a different spot at the end excuse me, of season two than they did at the beginning of it. So even though there wasn't a lot of action and it did feel like we were missing some episodes, 
at least there was progression and his character, like for me, obviously in season one, he was a very two dimensional character. He was the bad guy. He was the one that was tricking everyone and, and, and very evil and led, you know, charges. But then in season two there, it's like, Oh, he's got multiple, you know, dimensions to him and he sides with people and, and he shows empathy towards other, you know, trounced upon, um, you know people and everything so it was it, it was neat to see him apparently in the books he has more of an arc too and okay. he and Geralt do end up teaming up in the books but again like one of the best things is you can change what's in the books for stuff like this so mm. I'm curious to see what they're going to do with him especially now that he's been captured at the end by dun 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 series dad who, oh yes who used to be a hedgehog <laughs> yeah so we didn't talk about Yennefer uh, she's next on the cast list oh okay yeah, go I'm ahead. just going down we have Anya Shalatra, I hope I'm saying that right, as Yennefer of Vangerberg, arguably one of my favorite characters on the show. Yeah, I I think she's an amazing actress because she was so believable when she was sort of that twisted kind of individual at the beginning of season one. Like she was repulsive to, to like look at because she was so like awkward and she, and the fact that she could do that to herself and fairly i look I, I assume there was probably a little bit of makeup going on there yeah but a lot of it i think was her performance that it was so believable she was amazing and, and i think she she i think more than anyone shows growth and shows like because she's so duplicitous at times but yet is so you can still be on her side so i, well, I the, think she's the, the end best, of season one two of the, best ones. the end of season two was rough when she's trying to lure siri back to Sintra so she can get her power back Oof. and we're yeah. watching it and we know and we know what's happening and we're just like oh no no please don't but, no. but then she starts bonding with siri and they they create this almost in the in the books from what i was told the or from what i've read the the dynamic is almost like a mother father and daughter relationship with the three of them and they they always kind of have that dynamic and mm. i i still say that Geralt and and yennefer have such great chemistry like when she when she reappears when he finds out she's alive you could see it like it, it, all the cracks in that armor start showing and he you could see he's visibly like yennefer's still alive what but then when he yeah. sees her at the 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 sanctuary that they go to like you can feel just like what he's feeling and that's a testament also to henry cavill and mm-hmm. you know the two apparently a lot of interviews have asked if they're they're seeing each other and they're like no we're not seeing each oh, other really yeah we're just we're really good friends and that translates well with you know with acting and stuff that's a very common acting question though but yes whatever because uh, um, it happens to a lot of co-stars it's it's and tough she is she is born in 96 and he was born. Oh God, there's a 13 year age difference between the two. She's that, wow, she's that young. Oh wow, good for her. Yeah, she was born in 96. So she's, yeah, she's only 25. Wow. I mean, she's not too young for me. I hope my wife's not listening, but I really. Oh, I would totally leave my wife for Jennifer. Uh-huh. Well, Cause you know <laughs> your wife's not listening. Allow me. She would allow me to, so. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right, that's fair. But Jennifer has probably the best story in um, the show. And then the ending of her sacrificing herself and getting her powers back from it was was fantastic. I really, because, like I I knew it, I saw it coming. I was like, she's gonna you know make the ultimate sacrifice, not only to prove to herself how good she actually is, but also to Geralt that she does care and she does feel sorry. But I don't know. Like I, I want to see what happens with her, and I want to see the three of them together next season. That's what it's really looking toward. Yeah, I think so. And. Then I also want to see this guy, Joey Batty, or Beatty, as Yaskier, my favorite <laughs> character. 
<laughs> I don't know what it is about Yaskier, but A, he could sing. Like, that guy has a great singing voice. The songs that he does <laughs> really? on Really? You think so? I, I love his singing. I really enjoy I, There's something about that, mid, that like, medieval type, like, okay, yes. dramatic. T- <clears throat> it, it's telling a story just in the most dramatic and operatic way, and I love it. I don't know what it is. So he does, his two biggest numbers are Toss a Coin to Your Witcher, which became right. a, a theme song for the show and is done so well in the actual episode after he gets punched in the stomach by Geralt, which is still one of my favorites. And then in this one, he when he first reappears, he's singing the song Burn Butcher Burn. And it is just, <laughs> I, I love it. I really do. I was tempted to to make it the intro to this episode, but I was afraid of getting flagged on YouTube again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, Agatha, all along. Don't mm-hmm. say it in a musical tone. I don't do tone. it. I don't do it. But um, also, I got to give props to the guy who plays Yaskier. He is jacked. I didn't realize it. And then, like, yeah, he finally I didn't either got- until he took his, when he was in the river. And I'm like, holy cow. I was like, he's still really pale and pasty. But, oh, my God, he's like like really in good shape good for him because yeah. everybody always like they even joke he's like you with your bulging biceps to Gerald and like everybody always talks about how Jack Henry Cavill is and he's a big dude oh yeah but I was like good for, I, good for you I still think he's very goofy looking though he has a goofy kind of not not shaming him no. but he has kind of a goofy looking head to him which does isn't proportionate to his body and I think that actually works in his favor because he's funny that way I think he looks um, better with the longer hair Yes, he does. But I will say, I, I, I don't. It, it when I hear him sing, he to me he sounds like a bad actor at a Renaissance fair. That's fair. Um, <laughs> That's fair. Which again, you know, I love what he does with the character and the singing. So, yeah, he lightens up everything. But I think that is see. Here's one of the pro, and, and I think he highlights one of the big problems that I have with season two is that I think in season two they decided to take the show way more seriously than it mm-hmm. should be. And when he shows up, I'm just like, oh, thank God, they're going to have some lightness to it now. And it did. I thought it got better as it, when he showed up, it got better going along because they, they started to be a little bit funnier and everything. Because season one, Paul and I were having this conversation just before we got on air. And we were talking about a show called Altered Carbon, which he's binge watching right now, which good for him. I recommend everyone watch Altered Carbon. It had two seasons and I told him stop after season one. Just don't watch anymore. (laughs) Because season one is delightfully trashy. It is absolute garbage in the best possible way. It is it is gory. It is just flagrant with its nudity. It, it, it is just absolute trash. And then season two goes the PG-13 route where they tried to take it way too seriously and they got a legitimate act. Not that Joel Kinnaman isn't legitimate. He's great. But you don't think prestige when you think Joel Kinnaman. Yeah. With Anthony Mackie, you think a little bit of prestige. They brought him in and they ruined the show. It's terrible. And I don't think they did that as badly with season two here. But I and, and in our household, we were like, wow, this just isn't as much fun as season one was. It, it was kind of dull. That's, that's sad to hear. But like this know. for this show, when they brought back in Yaskier and him, him and Yennefer of all characters who hated each other in season one. Mm-hmm. They had when she hugs him and he's like, "What's happening? What's happening? I don't like it." <laughs> I, you know, even even Mal, she really enjoyed Yaskier, or she enjoyed him more this season, mm. seeing him, you know, helping out the elves, trying to escape, and also 
one of the biggest character moments for me is he basically we find out he's making a career about how much he hates Geralt at this point. Yeah. But as soon as Geralt opens that door, he's like, I'm not going to use the expletive, but he's like, forget it. And he hugs him. And like, that's it. The drama, like they make little jokes about it. But for the most part, like that's a sign of the maturity of those characters that that's where they are at this point. I do also enjoy when he's got the rats or the mice in the cage and he's like singing with them. Oh, and he's, then he's, I have that song too. I can't even say the title because it is just graphic, but he, and oh, then, yeah. he then he tells like, you know, your harmonies were really good, but Mickey, you were a little flat at the end. Like it was just very fun. And then he says goodbye <laughs> to them as he's leaving. Cause that's a very yaskier thing to do, but that's like the main cast. There are other characters. You have a uh, Tissia who's uh the mentor to Yennefer, who I liked better in season two, but I also trust less after season two because mm. mm. she's not a good guy, question mark. We have Fringilla, who eventually, she was a mage that trained alongside Yennefer, but then she takes over as like the elf ambassador in Sintra when the Nilfgaardians take over. So she's like a third a tertiary antagonist. I, I will like say, that. though, the uh, the baby stuff at the end of season two was rough. Oh, oh, when she went and just slaughtered well, all for, of the first they, uh, firstborns. First, they kill the elf baby. And I was right. like, wow, that's a very Red Wedding Game of Thrones type style. Because I know right. enough of Game of Thrones to, to reference it, especially the big stuff. Very good. <laughs> um, the red, well, and that's the other problem. And the same problem I had with The Walking Dead. Everything was spoiled before watching it for me because I never yes. I didn't watch it as it happens. So I knew about the Red Wedding, you know, I knew a lot of different things. So for me, I was like, also gratuitous violence for the sake of gratuitous violence sometimes makes me uncomfortable. Mm. But, uh, and the Red Wedding, the Red Wedding is graphic. Oh, it is. It yeah, is that was a rough so one. so graphic. And this, when they, when he's holding the, the elf baby, I was like, oh, oh no, 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 no. Like Mel and I had to sit there going, it's just a puppet. It's not real. It's like, this is not just a show. Like we had to reassure ourselves. Same things when animals get hurt in these things. When, when he loses Roach, we were like, it, yeah. oh, it's not real. That was the it's worst part of the it's season for me. Yeah, that was a rough no. one. But then when, uh, on, on, a, yeah, go ahead. on a side note for you Game of Thrones fans out there in our household, whenever somebody is hiding with like a, and, and jumps out and attacks the other person in our house, like sometimes Timmy will do that. He'll take like one of his little fake knives or, or like a sword and he'll hide and he'll jump out and attack one of us. They'll sh we'll all shout the Lannisters send their regards. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's really funny. At least you're not uh, screaming out. Hold the door. Yeah. Oh, oh, that is the saddest thing ever. I'm sorry for you. I know I'm going Game of Thrones geeky on you That's here, but fine. oh, hold that! It's we have it. We actually in our house we have a doorstop that says Hodor on it. Oh, that's really um, funny. But yeah, it is sad now. And then we have uh, some other characters. We have Triss, played by Anna Schaefer, who I like Triss more in the second season because it shows she's got quite a no. history with the Witchers. And oh, which one is she? <laughs> she's the mage that helps them create the potion from Ciri's blood. Okay, got yeah. it. So, I, See, again, this is, how I, this is how you need to like frame everybody for me because I don't remember names. Yeah, and then especially you know, when they're this unique. <laughs> we just some other other characters that we won't go. We had Queen Calanthe, you know, obviously Cirilla's grandmother, who was a big part of season one, and then I think she was only she was only in the the imaginary episode of season two with when series mm. possessed. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, Mausak. I really liked Mausak. He was so yeah. like, just such a nice guy. You just want to hang out with him for season two. The guest star list is much smaller. Like it's mostly the witchers, the new witchers invest that, that are created or that are introduced. And uh, we have, what's his name? Vesmir, who's kind of the, the, 
the head of like the, the father figure. Yeah. yeah. Also, we got the new bad guy. Who's the? We have the the firebender. What's his name? Oh, this is gonna drive me crazy. Yeah. All right. Here's my question. Hit me. How many new characters do you think we were introduced to in this season? In this season, characters that were introduced, I'll give you an exact. Just off the top of your, just no, just off the top of your head. I'd say like new 10, ten to fifteen. Main characters, right? Uh, I would say oh, I'm saying guest characters. Oh no, I'm just saying overall. How many new people do you think we were introduced to in this season? Not many in terms of main well, cast. Think about all the all the new Witchers, right? Think about all the Elfin people. Think about some of the, what, what are the other places these people have? All, all of the places where Yennefer and what's her name were captured. Like, and that this is, and you said it at the beginning with one of, with the, the Wild Hunt show and uh, Wild Hunt game. This was my complaint with season two. It's a lot. Yeah. And, and like, even this morning when, when, you know, we decided to, we, when Paul, Paul texted me this morning, he's like, let's do the Witcher. We were planning on doing it for a while. So I had to go back and reread all the recaps just to refresh my memory. And I'm like, wow, this is a lot. There is so much going on in season two in terms of lore, mm-hmm. in terms of like background and who's on whose side and the Nilf guardians or whatever and, and, and who's they're fighting and, and monoliths. And like there's a lot. And I, I don't think I, I will know. I know I didn't take it all in on a first no. watch. So I think I'm going to have, but here's the problem too, is that there were so many scenes. Like you said this too, there was so much not action happening in season two. And in fact, I felt like so many episodes were about Siri training or them doing research on monsters. Mm-hmm. Like in, in a in a laboratory where they were pulling something apart and putting it in a test tube. So yeah. like I'm trying to figure out where you know it just it was a and maybe that's my review of season two. It was very imbalanced. And like you think of season one, I can name the two biggest action or three biggest action set pieces off the top of my head. And they happen in the mm-hmm. very first episode. Yep. They happen at the the banquet. Where uh, oh, Geralt, yeah. Geralt jumps in in his stupid outfit that he was complaining about, and then in the last se- the last episode where Jennifer smokes the entire army. Oh yeah, with her chaos magic. Like when I think when I think The Witcher, those are the three scenes. In this one, really, there's nothing that jumps to mind. I, I remember the scene of Siri training and going through that labyrinth the thing time thing, and yeah. time again. The gauntlet, yeah. That's about it. I know it, it's <laughs> and it's sad, which which makes me a little little bummed. Like don't don't get us wrong. Yeah. We enjoyed season two, but the problem is season one, and this is a, this is a common issue with with season one versus season two or first movie versus second movie. Season one was so good and so mm. unexpectedly good and did not have any right to be as good as it was. Then season two rolls around and it just wasn't as good. And that makes it seem worse. Do you think they tried to go the, and this is sort of the archetypal cliche, the Empire Strikes Back route? I don't know. Because like the problem is they also, they literally said, we have seven seasons planned. But the problem okay. with Netflix is Netflix doesn't do that many seasons of shows. Hmm. Netflix is famous because... It's not about keeping people watching their shows. It's about getting new people to watch their shows. Right. So that's why they're constantly cranking out new material or different material. You know, I just finished Cobra Kai season four. They announced season five, but I'm afraid that they're going to be like, and last season. Sorry. Yeah. Because it's all about the numbers that they're pulling in on the, and keeping and retaining. So mm. 
that's why they still do the the binging because next month they'll have something new for you to binge and they want to keep you coming back every month. I don't know. Like for me, I think that this show really suffered from from COVID and the lockdown. And I think Henry Cavill tested positive at one point. They had to shut down production. Wow. So like it, it was a pain in the butt. And that's also why you can tell that it was filmed with a lot of characters never interacting with each other or only interacting yeah. with each other once or twice. And I find that that's, that's, this show is strongest when the characters are all together. Yeah, I agree. And here's the weird thing too, is that on like critic wise, this season got significantly higher in terms of the critics. Like I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes. Season one was 68% with the critics, Mm -hmm. but the fans loved it. Yeah. Season two, 94% with the critics. And that's why we we've we've talked at nauseum about how movie reviews are not the accurate, especially Rotten Tomatoes. A lot of people put stock in Rotten Tomatoes, mm. but Rotten Tomatoes is just the correlation or, or the the collab results. Basically, it's how many people said this movie was good and put together. It's not it, there's no nuance. Right. And and it's funny, too, because looking at the audience scores, season one is 91 percent audience score. Season two, 62 percent. Mm hmm. So it's nice to know that the, the we're not alone on this, that the fans clearly were like, this is kind of not what we want. And don't, again, don't get us wrong. We enjoyed it. Again. It, it was right. a great showing and we're looking, we want to come back to this world. But again, we, there are things that we just didn't, it just didn't catch us the same way, which yeah. is unfortunate. Because I remember we talked about season one for, for months, Mel and I in the house. And then yeah. season two rolls around and we're, you know, we stopped talking about it. I was like, yeah, do you want to be on the yeah. show? She's like, no. She's upstairs putting away the, all the Christmas stuff. That was January 1st. Got to go away. But I, I, again, I am excited to see where this show goes eventually. Oh, yeah. Hopefully. We're still fans in our household, and, and we will absolutely be there when season three starts. Mm-hmm. What would but you the... give uh, Star City rating for both season one and season two? So you Okay, so you're saying individual yeah, or yeah. overall? All right, season one. Put him on the spot. Yeah, that's tough. All right, I will say four out of five. Mm-hmm. I also know, I fully recognize, and this is something that I was saying with Hawkeye too, I fully recognize it is not highbrow. Yeah. But it's still enjoyable. So I would say four, four stars for season one. Season two, I would say three stars because I think they tried to take themselves too seriously and they tried to be too legitimate. Mm-hmm. How about you? I, I'm gonna. I I'm torn. Right. I really season one is so. I think from a fan, from just like me being a nerd, especially a Henry Cavill nerd, like it's easy for me to be like four point five out of five. It was almost perfect. I think I'm gonna go with the four though. I think it, mm-hmm. it is a great a great intro to this character, to this world. We, we understood the world almost immediately. We understood these are the witchers. People don't like the witchers, but they know that the witchers are a necessary thing. These are, you know, this is Yasker the Bard. He runs around telling stories of, of grand adventures. Here are the royals. Here are the bad guys. Here are the this. I, I do think that shows like this tend to get very complicated very quickly. I also, my problem is, Shows like this, and this 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 is against all these types of shows. You know, your Game of Thrones. Um, I watched Camelot too. That was another one. Only one season, but it it was a good time on Stars. It was just you know, I don't I don't think it was I know about that King, one. Is King that Arthur. is that sort of like uh, King one Arthur of those trashy story. kind of? Oh uh, yeah, so trashy. <laughs> a lot of, what's your face? Uh, who's oh god, this is gonna drive me crazy. Help me out. She was in 
the fr- Casino Royale, and she was in Sin City: A Dame to Kill for. Oh yeah, yeah, Eva. I want to say, e- I want to say, Eva Perone. <laughs> no, not Eva Perone. Oh, it's gonna drive me crazy. But yeah, like, th- those types of shows, I always really. Eva Mendez is that her name? No, that's not it. Oh, oh no, no, no. God, hold on, stand by, everyone. This is gonna drive us crazy. Three hundred: A Rise of an Empire, right? The Rise of the Empire. Oh my God, this is t- this is so so Because this is oh Eva Green, Eva Green. Thank you, Eva Green. Oh my God, we were right there. Oh yeah, I'm but, sure that um, was entertaining for our listeners. <laughs> oh God, I hope you guys weren't driving during that crash of car. Oh Miss Peregrine herself. Oh yeah, there it is. But the problem with those shows is they they get so complicated, and then it turns into these are the good guys, these are the bad guys. There's no nuance, right? It's like these are the bad guys. Like the Nilf Guardians are the bad guys. You can't root for them because they're the bad guys. There, there's no, there's no layers of of anything. It's good guys, bad guys. So for me, like these shows always t- tend to, to fall into those tropes. And I, I will say though, I'm going to give season one a four, and I'm going to give mm-hmm. season two a three to a three point five, which is still above okay. average. It's still a good yeah. show. It's still something you should watch. But yeah, that that's yeah. where I'm kind of at with that. But. And, and I don't think either of us are saying that the quality or the show itself is headed downhill. Mm-hmm. I think probably a lot of what got laid out in season two are almost sort of necessary evils of like, all right, we got to get through all this stuff. So that way we're laying the groundwork for the future. But that doesn't necessarily make it fun. Yeah. So, But we would love to hear uh, you guys' thoughts on The Witcher and kind of what the series is going and, you know, where everything is. But uh, you can find us on Facebook, the Multiverse Fancast. There you'll find links to all of our material, all of our different stuff. You can find our website, themisfitfaction.com. Again, if you guys are looking for some more content, different podcasts, that's the place to do it. You can find us on, I don't know, what else? YouTube. Stitcher, Mis- Spotify. Stitcher, Spotify, <laughs> iHeartRadio, all that stuff. You can find us on um Netflix, Netflix. Wow, I wish that'd be really cool. I would wish, yes. Yeah. I was gonna say YouTube. Soon. I meant to say YouTube. Excuse me. You can find us on YouTube, uh, the Misfit Faction Media Network. You can find us on Twitter at Misfit Faction. You can find us on Instagram, the Misfit Faction. We did have a fan feedback Friday, but it's unfortunately not loading. That's all. That's the other reason I was kind of. Wow, I was wondering why you were stalling. About yeah, no, that. no, it's it's. It, uh, unfortunately, I did. Yeah, not, I, I forgot it was New Year's Eve when I posted it, so <laughs> it's been. A, it was a little less than lack. It was a little lackluster. Yeah, so we're gonna. I got it, it if you want me to go through it. No, it's fine. We'll uh, we're gonna wrap okay. up anyway because I think oh, I have okay. another show to record after this. Oh no! Oh my gosh! <laughs> but uh, that's gonna wrap us up for today. As always, I'm Paul, and I'm Rob, and we will be back in a flash. Smorgas, fuck.